0: This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. It has become way too easy to lock down this country. Five years ago, the city of Boston was locked down while police carried out a military-style manhunt for suspects in the 2013 Boston Marathon explosion. Then four years ago, the city of Ferguson, Missouri was locked down with government officials deploying a massive SWAT team, an armored personnel carrier, men in camouflage pointing heavy artillery at the crowd, smoke bombs and tear gas to quell citizen unrest over a police shooting of a young, unarmed black man. Than there was three years ago, the city of Baltimore was put under a military and forced lockdown after civil unrest over police brutality erupted into rioting. More than 1,500 National Guard troops were deployed while residents were ordered to stay inside their homes and put under a 10 p.m. curfew. Now this year, It was my own hometown of Charlottesville, Virginia, with a population of 50,000 that was locked down while government officials declared a state of emergency and enacted heightened security measures tantamount to martial law, despite the absence of any publicized information about credible threats to public safety. As journalist Tess Owen reports for Vice... One year after white supremacists paraded through the streets, the face of downtown Charlottesville was transformed once again, this time with checkpoints, military-style camps for National Guard, and state police on every corner. When residents woke up Saturday, all entrances to the downtown mall were blocked off apart from two checkpoints, where police looked through people's bags for lighters, knives, or any other weapons. Up above, standing atop a building site, two National Guard members photographed the individuals coming in and out. A National Guard encampment was set up in McGuffey Park between the children's playground and the basketball court where about 20 military police officers in camouflage were snoozing in the shade of some trees. A similar encampment was set up a few blocks away. Make no stake about it, this was a militarized exercise in intimidation and it worked only too well. For the most part, the residents of this city, Shawsville, once again home to Thomas Jefferson, the nation's third president, author of the Declaration of Independence, and a champion of the Bill of Rights, welcomed the citywide lockdown, the invasion of their privacy, and the dismantling of every constitutional right intended to serve as a bulwark against government abuses. Yet for those like myself who have studied the emerging police state, the site of any American city placed under martial law, its citizens essentially under house arrest, officials use the Orwellian phrase, shelter-in-place in in Boston to describe the mandatory lockdown, military-style helicopters equipped with thermal imaging devices buzzing over the skies, tanks and armored vehicles on the streets, and snipers perched on rooftops, while thousands of Black Guard police swarmed the streets and SWAT teams carried out house-to-house searches should leave us in a growing state of immense unease. Watching the events of the lockdown unfold, I couldn't help but think of Nazi Field Marshal Hermann Goering's remarks about the Nuremberg trials. This is what he had to say, now listen carefully, I'm quoting a Nazi, it's always a simple matter to drag the people along, whether it's a democracy or a fascist dictatorship, or a parliament or a communist dictatorship. Voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. This is easy. All you have to do is tell them that they're being attacked and denounce the pacifists for the lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in every country. As the events in Charlottesville made clear, it does indeed work the same in every country. Moreover, whatever the threat to so-called security, whether it's civil unrest, school shootings, or alleged acts of terrorism, government officials will capitalize on the nation's heightened emotions, confusion, and fear as a means of extending the reach of the police state. These troubling developments are the outward manifestations of an inner philosophical shift underway in how the government views not only our Constitution and the Bill of Rights, but we the people as well. What this reflects is a move away from a government bound by the rule of law to one that seeks total control through the imposition of its own self-serving laws on the populace. Unfortunately, it doesn't take much for the American people to march in lockstep with the government's dictates, even if it means submitting to martial law, having their home searched, and being stripped of one's constitutional rights at a moment's notice. In Charlottesville, most of the community fell in line except for one gun-toting, disabled, 71-year-old war veteran who was arrested for purchasing cans of Arizona iced tea, a can of bug spray, and razor blades, all of which were on the city's list of temporarily prohibited, potentially dangerous items. Incidentally, the veterans' guns, not among the listed of prohibited items, caused no alarm to the police. Talk about draconian. This continual undermining of the rules that protect civil liberties will inevitably have far-reaching consequences on a populace that not only remains ignorant about their rights, but is inclined to sacrifice their liberties for the phantom promise of safety. Listen up. Be warned. These lockdowns are just a precursor to full-blown martial law throughout the country. The powers that be want us acclimated to the sights and sounds of a citywide lockdown with tanks in the streets, military encampments, and cities. Black Hawk helicopters and armed drones patrolling overhead. They want us to accept the fact that in the American police state, we're all potentially guilty, all potential criminals, all suspects waiting to be accused of a crime. They want us to be meek and submissive. They want us to report on each other to government agents. They want us to be grateful to the standing armies for their so-called protection. They want us to self-censor our speech, self-limit our movements, and police ourselves. As journalist Glenn Greenwald notes in The Intercept, Americans are now so accustomed to seeing police officers decked in camouflage and RoboCop-style costumes, riding in armored vehicles and carrying automatic weapons, that it has become normalized. The dangers of domestic militarization are both numerous and manifest. To begin with, it degrades the mentality of police forces in virtually every negative way and subjects their targeted communities to rampant brutality and unaccountable abuse. Police militarization also poses grave and direct dangers to basic police, political liberties, including the rights of free speech, press, and assembly. Ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, these are the hallmarks of a military occupation. Let me list a few. Militarized police, riot squads, camouflage gear, black uniforms, armored vehicles, mass arrests, pepper spray, tear gas, batons, strip searches, surveillance cameras, kelvar vests, drones, lethal weapons, less than lethal weapons unleashed with deadly force, rubber bullets, water cannons, stun grenades, arrest of journalists, crowd control tactics, intimidation tactics, brutality. The point is this, that we're already under martial law held at gunpoint by a standing army. Take a look at the pictures from Charlottesville, from Baltimore, from Ferguson, and from Boston, and then try to persuade yourself that this is what freedom in America is supposed to look like. A standing army, something that propelled the early colonists into revolution, strips the American people of any vestige of freedom. It was for this reason that those who established America vested control of the military and a civilian government, one with a civilian commander in chief. They did not want a military government ruled by force. Rather, they opted for a republic bound by the rule of law, our U.S. Constitution. Unfortunately, with the Constitution under constant attack, the military's power, influence, and authority has grown dramatically. Even the Posse Comitatus Act of 1878, which makes it a crime for the government to use the military to carry out arrests, searches, seizures of evidence, and other activities normally handled by a civilian police force, was greatly weakened by both Barack Obama and George W. Bush, who ushered in exemptions allowing the troops uh, troops in this country to deploy domestically and arrest civilians in the wake of alleged terrorist attacks. Now we find ourselves struggling to retain some semblance of freedom in the face of police and law enforcement agencies that look and act like the military and have just as little regard for the Fourth Amendment, laws such as the National Defense Authorization Act that allows the military to arrest and indefinitely detain American citizens, and military drills that acclimate the American people to the sight of armored tanks in the streets, military encampment in the cities, and combat aircraft patrolling overhead. Folks, we've already gone too far down the road. Add these lockdowns onto the list of other troubling developments that have taken place over the past 30 years or more, and the picture grows even more troubling. The expansion of the military-industrial complex and its influence in Washington, D.C. The rampant surveillance, the corporate-funded elections and revolving-door lobbyists and elected officials. The militarized police, the loss of our freedoms, the injustice of the courts, the privatized prisons, the school lockdowns the roadside strip searches, the military drills on domestic soil, the fusion centers and the simultaneous fusing of every branch of law enforcement, federal, state, and local, the stockpiling of ammunition by various government agencies, the active shooter drills that are indistinguishable from actual crises, the economy flirting with near collapse, and so on and so on and so on. Suddenly, the overall picture seems that much more sinister. The lesson for the rest of us is this. Once a free people allows the government to make inroads into their freedoms or uses those same freedoms as bargaining chips for security, it quickly becomes a slippery slope to outright tyranny. And it doesn't really matter whether it's a Democrat or a Republican at the helm because the bureaucratic mindset on both sides of the aisle now seems to embody the same philosophy of authoritarian government. Remember, a police state does not come about overnight. It starts small perhaps with a revenue-generating red-light camera at an intersection. When that is implemented without opposition, perhaps the next will be surveillance cameras on public streets, license plate readers on police cruisers, more police officers on the the beat, military equipment handed out by the federal government to local police, free speech zones and zero-tolerance policies and curfews, SWAT team raids, drones flying overhead, citywide lockdowns. The lesson here is clear. No matter how it starts, however, it always ends the same. Remember, it's a slippery slope from a questionable infringement justified in the name of safety to all-out tyranny. These are no longer warning signs of a steadily encroaching police state. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on American People, the police state has arrived. Yes, it's time to wake up before it's too late. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. Visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assault on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.